Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Brother John. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing very good. (laughs) Yeah, we can't quite get off that. uh, I'm sticking to the script, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Go ahead. Stick to that script. See where it gets you. Hey, 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 new people. This is the pro show. Yeah, that's right. And we are real brothers, and we talk about four things. And I'm I'm super excited about our main topic. We're gonna we're gonna talk oh, about yeah. one of my favorite TV shows. But not just that. We got we got other stuff going on here too. Oh, many things. Yeah, mm. yeah. So see, th- we have seasons. You know, John, six month seasons. Yeah, this, we're coming Why? we're coming to the end of the season oh. of the Ox. Yeah, so this is going to be yeah. This is a, this is going to be amazing. We're not quite yeah. there yet, but we are so close. We're very hey, close. Hey, what, what's your? It's a, I got a shirt. I've got the original on. I got the original bro oh. show shirt on black. Little thin, very comfortable for the weather, you know, a little warm up mm. here and feeling good. Yeah. Fist bump all the I, way. Fist bump. Uh, speaking of fist bumps, I hate to say this and I feel a little unpatriotic. I am not wearing a bro show t-shirt today. Mm. I am wearing, uh, the four play guitars T-shirt. Oh yeah, for the sponsor, I did that last week. No, no, not I'm with the band. I'm wearing four play guitars. Oh, sorry. Gee, yeah. I just stepped all over your your pitch. Yeah, your your pitch. shameless pitch you're it's giving a, here. It's not a pitch. I mean, this is an imaginary company. Let's be honest. You know. Yeah, I guess but, it's a yeah yeah it's a yeah, it's imaginary. It's if, in your mind only. If, yeah, if I had the wherewithal to actually mass produce the guitars I've been working on for the last few years, the company would be called Four Play Guitars. F O U R because they all have four strings. Yeah. That's it. That's a. That's pretty. That's. I like that. That's a. It's a spiffy witticism. Uh, and uh, I look forward to what your next company is going to be called too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you never know. See, because the the name will change until I actually release a guitar. That's yeah. The, that's that's how that goes. All right. So in any case, yeah. The, what's our sponsor? Our sponsor is support our musicians. Mm. It's a T-shirt that says "I'm with the band" on front. Yeah. It's got the URL. It's got the URL. And then if you buy this T-shirt, and there's a link to the place where you can buy it in the show notes. If you buy it, first of all, you have extremely good taste, and you will be extremely good looking when you do so. Because it's a great T-shirt, it comes in a variety of colors, and it sends a great message, and it's for a great cause. That is starving musicians, sick musicians, deaf musicians. There you are. The money goes to what, John? Music cares. That's right. Music cares. Uh, yeah, unemployed musicians that need help in our t- in these yeah. uh, difficult times. Hopefully, they'll yeah. be coming out of them soon, but still need help. Yeah, yeah, they do. So anyway, the T-shirt's there. Would it kill you to buy it? No, it wouldn't kill you. Probably okay, okay. I I think you're making a pitch to me. Jeez. That I you didn't get one yet. I didn't it wasn't get you. It wasn't you. You didn't get one, did you? No, I know, and I'm God feeling damn. very guilty. I mean, this is the first time you've really laid it on me so heavy, but I'll I'll get over it. Don't worry. Yeah, I think you will. Oh. Oh, that's sad. G- give us the ox story, John. 
here we are winding down, and it's amazing how the ox has been forgotten in so many ways. And we figured out another way. We know there are not that many ox out there. They're still used as farm animals in selected portions of our country. But we've got an ox story about how important the ox was as we went west. Go west, young man. Well, if you're going to go west, oh. young man, you better have an ox back in the day. Back in the because day. You see, quite often we think of transportation as it relates to the good old west, horses. Mm-hmm. You know, things like the short-lived Pony Express, or you watch cowboy movies, and what, do you see a guy riding an ox? No, you see a guy riding a horse. Then, as a result, you see horses with wagons. and all Yes, you do, covered wagons. That probably the main means of transportation, as we take a look at our westward hoe from the Louisiana Purchase back in 1803, resides in the need for strong, sturdy animals that we can rely upon. We're talking about oxen here. And yes, sure enough, this is a story that is often untold. It's, it, it, you know, we think quite often of oxen like uh, baby blue ox, you know, the myths. Yeah. yeah. But the unsung yeah. heroes, as you've called them in this wonderful yeah. article in our show notes, is definitely ox. They're all about it. And it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a very good story. It's a story that needs to be told, particularly now yes, that we're winding does. down. It's a story that needs to be told now because if we don't tell it now, it'll never be told. Wow. It's now or never. You know, I, I was very interested in this article and seeing the numbers. You know, yeah. one time the, uh, our country measured itself not in GDP and all that nonsense, but in agricultural products and animals. Yes. Right? Am I right or am I right? Right. I mean, you think of the U.S. Census, you think in terms of like people – or GNP, Gross National Product. Yeah. But back in the 1800s, we were thinking in terms of different types of animals. And what was the census number with respect to ox back in the day? Well, I'll tell you what. There were quite a few oxen at one point. And let me get the numbers up here because it's crazy. Here we go. All right. In 1850, this is before mm. the Civil War, there were 1.7 million Oxen in our great country. Yes. What do you think it was? What do you think it was by 1890? Well, I got a script in front of me, and I'm going to have to lay a number on you. 1.17 million. Uh, that is correct. It, it, yeah, we're talking about a dramatic decrease. But I think the most important thing about all these stats is that they, the number of oxen, it becomes what I call a nothing burger with respect to statistics. Before we know mm-hmm. it, we're not even keeping track of these wonderful animals. That's and correct. it's because uh, they're now being used for other things, and they kind of get mishmashed with respect to breeding. And before you know it, you know, we talked about last week because I needed a I needed a primer on exactly what an ox yeah. was. Yeah, you forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, and sad. this is that's just emblematic of, uh, emblematic of what of of what, what's going on here. That we hear if if the if a bro show uh, if a bro forgets after you know so many weeks. Just think about what's happened over the course of history. We had um, you looking for ox milk, as I recall, one week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. embarrassed. I, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah it just but, shows you know, you. it's funny. It's funny. Uh, this guy in this article, this I think this was like a family-approved uh, article that might like, uh, I think it was Desiree News or something like that. Yeah, so, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's a Mormon publication. And they didn't want to point out the fact that 
you know, they made it sound like this was a breed of cattle, you know, oxen, but they're not, as no. you know, John. No, they're not. They're 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 steers, essentially. They're steers, and they're, they're. What people don't know though is that if you feed a steer enough food and give that steer enough hard work to do, that steer becomes very large. Right. Not necessarily taller, but broader and and with a lower center of gravity. Perfect. Perfect for pulling a wagon full of supplies you need to get settled wherever it is you're moving to. So these animals were perfect for making the trek. And doing so, I wouldn't say in comfort, but at least with enough food to get you across the prairie and the plains and enough stuff to get your homestead started. You know, a, a, yeah. a butter churn, uh, you know, cutlery, dishes, you know, that stuff's heavy. You're not going to ask some long-legged horse to pull that. No. You need a sturdy oxen. At Me least too. two. Four, six, that'd be preferable. In fact, speaking of Desiree News and the Mormons, I lived in Salt Lake City for a long time. The first thing I learned when I got there, I, like an idiot, said to my guide, why are the streets downtown so incredibly wide? He said, that's so that a team of oxen can turn around. Oh, you turns are allowed down in... in (laughs) They are. Yes, they are. Actually, they are. Oxen U-turns are. Well, they... No U-turns except ox U-turns. I can see the sign. (laughs) There was nothing, nothing hardly, you know, in the way of settling in Utah when... The Mormons first went out there. They built that place out of nothing. And I don't even think well, the Indians would have lived there. Well, all I can say is it's kind of a sad story that right now what happens is rather than having these animals sturdy, strong, uh, whatever, we basically plump them up for beef. That's about it. Well, let's face it. Steers are good eating. Lambs good eating, huh? They're really good eating. <laughs> I mean, why? Why? Because they marble. They marble. They, yeah, the muscle. Yeah, well, well, don't get them. Don't give them too much activity. Just let them kind of lay around yeah. a little bit so that That's they get it. the fat, just the right amount, in order to make tender meat. <laughs> it does. Marbling is what makes uh, a cut of steak or a roast very oh, tender and juicy, very good, not dry. Yeah. A steer, well, I wouldn't. Steer's good eating. A bull is not good eating. Yeah, not good. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Cows, people want to know this stuff, so I'm just going to say it. A cow, a fairly young cow, is pretty good to eat. Oh, An older cow, an older (laughs) cow. Now, I'm not trying to be on PC here, but an older cow is not good to eat. Oh, dear. They're tough. All right. I think enough said, right? Uh, We've covered a lot of territory. (laughs) I, (laughs) I feel better. Because if you think our discussion of oxen was ridiculous today, wait until next week. What That's a all tease. I'm gonna say. Um, it's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That will be the most ridiculous say, Not necessarily the best done. for last, huh? <laughs> I think it's going to be funny. But I, I hope it's going to be funny. But I it's definitely so going to be ridiculous. Hey, definitely. we got a word, don't we? This is an interesting word. Charette. C H A R. E-T-T-E, or C-H-A-R-R-E-T-T-E. This is a word that I happen to run into 
that I'm very familiar with from my previous employer, um, it represents a collaborative, intense planning session often used to in, involving interested third parties, uh, public officials, etc., with environmental problems. I'll give you a pretty good example. The one that I give in the, the show notes is that where somebody is going to do a design charrette as it relates to the next step of transforming perhaps a medical center into a park. In other words, some land of disuse perhaps needs to be put together in a way that it could become recreational. I've run into it where I've seen uh, my organization I work for, all of a sudden this, uh, the state of uh, Illinois is planning to put a, a, a highway, extend a highway through some some park or some unused land, and all of a sudden everybody gets excited and says, we should make a park out of that rather than putting this expressway through. So what you do is you basically, and let's say you're an organization that doesn't really carry a lot of weight, but you do a very good job of bringing parties together. And so I used to work for Open Lands Project, and that's what they did best. They were collaborative. So what they do is they bring together the intense, excited, protesting citizens. They they then hire a design firm to make a presentation, probably PowerPoint Plus. And then they bring one government official in, sort of a stooge, uh, a guy, <laughs> a guy who basically okay, has no power. And he sort of becomes a human punching bag. He's the guy that the irate citizens can basically. He started out out so well. It was so noble. And now we're down to stooges and punching bags. I am so amazed. But you have to understand that quite often the, the organization that puts this together is powerless. But they have citizens that are hollering and screaming at them. They say, okay, this is time for a charrette. These, we need to, we need to unleash these violent or these uh, irate citizens upon a government official so they can let loose all their their venom and their emotions so that they're spent Mm -hmm. and therefore we've accomplished our objective but got nothing done. That's what it's all about. That's so discouraging. (laughs) That's what a charrette's all about. It's sort of like, uh, let's do a show, you know, like, yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) That's bullshit. Okay. Come on. I I lived it. The idea is to reach some form of resolution. You got too personal about this. Entirely (laughs) too personal. This is not the way it always works. Wait a minute. We actually had a good charrette. That took place yeah. in a movie. Why don't you give that example? Maybe my it's, oh, it'll well. kind of yeah, it might be better. Be a little more Anything positive. Yeah, be can't give that example. Right. That that's better. Yeah, yeah. the movie Go. the be- the best best of enemies, <laughs> and a story about a Ku Klux Klan leader and a black activist woman who got together, and they were the co-chairs of a charrettes in, in Durham, North Carolina, and mm. they. Result, they're getting together, got the parties really to start talking about what they needed. And he was the closing vote that got the schools integrated for the first good. time. Oh, that's so much more productive story. than mine. It's a beautiful story. And they ended up becoming friends, best friends, actually. And they went on college circuits and did speaking and talked about how they resolved their differences and what they learned about each other that made them <sighs> see each other's humanity. So I thought it was a beautiful thing, and it did result in something great. And yeah, the Ku Klux Klan in the area was a little unhappy with the outcome, but I think in the long run, they benefited from it. I thought it was just fantastic. And uh couldn't recommend that movie more. But this is about charrettes, 
and they're not all the way my brother described. <sighs> Thank you for saving my ass, Mr. Producer. Okay, it's time for two takes. A long time ago, we used to be friends, but I haven't thought of you lately at all. Come on now, honey. Bring it on, bring it on, yeah. Just remember me well. You're good to go. We used to be friends. A long time ago, we used to be friends. A long time ago. You know, Mary Jane suggested, my, my better half, Mary Jane, suggested that uh, we play a little bit of that theme music, the intro, uh, the segment. So it's really a, a good song. Oh, boy, do we have a movie, and we have a TV series, and yeah. we have a we more have a TV story series. We have, a, we have a story. Uh, I, yeah. I, I guess what I could do is kind of, if you don't mind me just giving the, the no, small no. deets as, it's, as we go about this, this is a, uh, a TV series uh, called Veronica Mars. It's often been referred to as sort of a uh, a film, a teen film war mystery series. This series took place, uh, actually was on TV, uh, a, a cable station, uh, for three years, resulting in 64 episodes. And it's kind of an interesting, it's what I call an arc mystery, because mm-hmm. a series over a, a season... Uh, this, uh, over a season, they will have a mystery to solve, an uh, arc mystery. It, it's sort of like what I would call a cliffhanger to be continued kind of thing, where you maybe at, at the end of an episode, you have us at a certain point, but you leave the audience gasping for more. But mm-hmm. in this one, what's nice is the fact that there are other little mysteries within the mi- big mystery that are solved. And also, since it's teen, it's uh, high school, it's teenagers, it's adolescents, mm-hmm. and it has the pangs mm-hmm. of growing up, part of it. It also has a class distinct- distinction thing as it results from the yeah. California city, Neptune, California. So mm-hmm. we have, for example, Veronica Mars is the perky detective, and she's a, and so you put a female twist to it and have a female young detective. Her mm-hmm. father has been disowned by the community because of uh, he was a police uh, head of the police department and now has his own in uh, private eye uh, company. Mm-hmm. And she yeah, kind of helps him along. She helps him. Saves his bacon several times and he yeah. saves hers too. Yeah. Right. Both, so that, that, that's sort of the the background of it all. And this had three full seasons. Then it went for a period of time where they were trying to get a movie together. It finally got the movie, and then that resulted in another uh, series of eight episodes that took place, I think, 2017, 18, etc. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. So that's that's the kind of background of it all. But it's got some interesting little twists to it. And, and I guess um, for me, uh, I didn't know this series at all. Not to be confused no. with my brother, all-knowing, has seen every bit of it, including the movie. So here we are. We're on two different opposite ends of the of the pole here. And uh, as we take a look at it, I have no background. And what I decided to do is I said, I'm going to jump in and watch the movie. And that's when I learned yeah. that How'd this that is the ultimate. It, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. Well, it, it worked only because I worked hard at it. But I had to work yeah, hard. Did. Yeah. This is what I call a fan service, ultimate fan service movie. Now, what do I mean by fan service? The, the, probably the best example of a fan service movie is like Star Wars. 
This is one where you built up, create a fan base, and the fan base basically has certain ex- – you build an expectation. The fans expect something to happen in the movies. And it's yeah. a fine balance with respect to the creators of a series or a movie and catering to the fans and also yeah. then being able to tell the story the way you feel it should be done. It's kind of a, a tug, a, a pull kind of thing back and forth as you go through it, a tug of war. And uh, Veronica Mars, though, has a kind of a unique thing because usually these fan service movies are like Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, yeah. Star Wars. That's They're right. big, big productions. What yeah. happened with this one was that the the uh, as soon as the series was over after three years, Rob Thomas, the creator, the screenwriter of the series, producer, said, "Look, we're going to make we want to make a movie." And the the timeline on this is that we have Veronica Mars who's a teenager in high school. She then moves on to college. And so the creator says, look, what we're going to do is we're going to make a movie and it's going to start at the point where she's just graduated from college full. It takes Warner Brothers, who's been producing this, says, "Uh, don't think so. We're going to cancel it. And all of a sudden, you know, everybody says, well, come on, we want to do this movie. What they do is they do a kickstart campaign. And they do a Kickstarter campaign with the idea of raising $2 million. They end up with $5 million. Now, one of the important things with respect to this that people don't realize is quite often a major portion of the cost of a movie is the distribution of that movie. Yeah. Typically, when you, with a movie like this, when you we're talking a smaller budget, distribution speaks. So what they did is they lined up Warner Brothers. Warner, they went to Warner Brothers and said, look, we're going to do a Kickstarter. We're going to basically be able to get the money we think together to make the movie, but we need you to distribute it. So they got them in line and says, okay, if you can raise it, we'll distribute it. And so that's kind of the background as to the fan service portion of it. But what's funny about this movie is that they, you know, there's one thing to basically do some of the things with respect to the, what the fans want, but since it was kickstarted, they yeah. fawned over all the fans they yep. they did everything they could. They, for example, give you. A, they had cute little things in there, like for example, if a lottery number showed up, they showed it exactly with the amount of money that the five million, whatever that they raised. <laughs> yeah, 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 they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> this kind of uh, incredible stuff. So my challenge was that I watched the movie and it was just bloated. It was just overfilled with characters from before that they needed to bring back. I would basically describe this movie as a, it's called a supersized TV reunion episode. That is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's it is. what it is. So yeah. uh, if you're looking for oh, a mystery, what? Didn't the, didn't the top donor get in the movie? Yeah, that's the ultimate. They actually were the the, the top uh, donor who gave you know a couple maybe twenty million or something like uh, not twenty twenty thousand. He ended up uh, getting a speaking part in the movie. I mean, it's one thing to have a little cameo where you're in the background, but he had yeah. a, you know, get a few lines in the movie. I, I also the thing is, what do you call a fan of Veronica Mars? Well, what is the name of the fans they call themselves? You know what I it don't is? Know. No, Marsh. Mellows. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so nice. as a result, 
in the movie, there's all these crazy things. So somebody, you know, quite often a marshmallow is a softy. So mm-hmm. sure enough, in, in the movie, Veronica Mars, uh, uh, somebody asked her a question. She says, well, I'm just a marshmallow. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 But I think what drives this movie, it's character driven. I think this series all that Kirsten Bell, maybe you can talk a little bit about her. She's very good. Yeah. I think. Yeah, she's she's excellent. She's uh, a petite blonde, uh, and uh, she's whip smart. Uh, yeah. She's she's got a grudge because before her father was when he was sheriff, she had access to the highest echelons of society in Neptune, and Neptune is has no middle class. This is this is pointed out in the first episode. There's no middle class. You either are millionaire, billionaire. Or you work for a millionaire billionaire. So there's no in-between. And this is richly demonstrated throughout many of the episodes in the three, three, first three seasons. And it's quite, quite well done. You know, it points out some of the inequities and the poor behavior, political incorrectness, all kinds of stuff. So Kirsten Bell, she is, this is her big break, her getting this part. And she does a very good job. She does a lot of it on her perky good looks, uh, you know, flawless complexion, unbelievable eyes, perfect teeth, that sort of thing. And she is not a classic Hollywood beauty because she's no. small, and but her face is hard not to look at. It's just, it's riveting, but it's not a classically beautiful Hollywood face either. But she really makes it work. And I've seen lots of interviews with her. She's funny. She's interesting. She loves Tree sloths, for instance. Not many people know that. She's got a few quirks, and you'll notice them in the show. And this is the kind of thing fans get into, you know. Yeah. One of them is she, she had one her uh, her left eye. If she gets tired, it kind of migrates toward her nose. And so, she, if you'll watch some of these some of these episodes, you'll see her. You'll notice she she doesn't look cross-eyed exactly, but that one eye is taken off on her. You know, it's 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 crashing into her nose a little bit. And she, she's very open about how weird some of her stuff is. And I really enjoy her. And the script she has is excellent. A few things that you will notice, like all TV series, when you get to the end of a, seas, a scene and the, the, the actor will often freeze their facial expression for the fade out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, this gets a little uncoordinated sometimes, and she's frozen there for a little too long. But it's okay, you know. It's you after three episodes, you're in. You can't let go. If you watch enough of it, and it doesn't take much, you will have to watch the whole damn thing. Oh, you can watch and, uh, it now, can't you? It's how yes, do you do that? You right it's now? on Hulu. It's on okay. Hulu. And if you have a Hulu subscription, it's absolutely free. Then you just watch all of them. They're all delightful. Uh, they have a very signature. A uh, piece of music that starts out every show after the first. The first episode, a little weak on music, a little weak on wardrobe because they're just getting their footing. But by the second episode, they've got this theme music, uh, which is excellent, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. The other thing is you got, okay. three, you got three seasons, and uh, you got the movie. The movie you can... You can buy pretty cheap uh, on a Prime Video. Uh, and also, I think the fourth season that season after the movie where she's an adult is going to eventually yeah. land on hulu 2 later this summer so uh that's yeah, a good word 
It is. So. And, you know, we went on a little bit about this, but uh, I should point out, this is noir. I mean, this stuff is dark. There's, there's a fair amount of <laughs> yeah. mayhem, and there's a lot of question about, you know, who's your daddy? Uh, there's a lot of crazy paternity stuff, given the weird nature of the community with no middle class and and there, you know, a fair number of people are sleeping with the wrong partner and producing their own mm. child. Mm. That is a recurrent theme also. So is, this is not light. Uh, I, I made it sound like, you know, she's perky and all that stuff, but she's dark. Veronica is a dark little little babe. She is not all uh, Cheerios and, and rainbows and unicorns. Okay. So be, be forewarned, watch it. We went on a little long for that one, John. But I oh, dear. Sorry about that, Mr. Producer. Groner. Groners, groners, I got, we've got two groners as usual, provided by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. Actually, one of them by him, and by, since it is a Father's Day weekend, quite often groners are referred to as dad jokes because they're bad yep. jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Even that was a bad joke. Yeah, that was, that was totally uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of these groaners came from Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. The other one, I uh, called upon a, uh, a resource I have here in my house, uh, in my condo, my live-in girlfriend, Alexa, came through with mud. So, let's start with the one from Vince. What types of birds... Yeah, oh, here, Alexa, no. she's in the background. You shouldn't have said that out loud. I usually say it for you. God, so sorry. What types yeah. of birds stick together what types of birds stick together birds of a feather valcros <laughs> oh bad very oh, bad very bad oh that this way it, it only so goes downhill from here it only goes downhill from here really yes what do you call a muddy chicken that crosses the road twice what do you call a muddy chicken that crosses the road twice? Double mud hen. Close. A dirty double crosser. <laughs> I kind of like that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So listen, you have oh, a wow. uh, happy Father's Day. Uh, today is Juneteenth, so I'm wearing my Negro League cap. I'll wear it to good the ballpark you. today. And all good. 